Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey everyone, this episode of Switchcraft is brought to you by patrons. Support Switchcraft and my other content at patreon.com slash runjumpstomp. Addict Arts reviewed the podcast on iTunes. They gave us three stars, said good for details, but not for entertainment. Honestly, the cast is okay. Average is fine. For a Nintendo fan, it is worth subscribing. However, there are better and more entwining podcasts. I think there he meant entertaining, but I, I could be wrong. It is not unique and has a Me Too feel. Give it a try and disagree with me, please. All right, Addict Arts, first off, before I say anything, I want to say thank you very much for the feedback. I look forward to hearing from you guys, whether it be good or bad. I like getting the feedback because it's the only way that I can improve the show. So if there's something that you don't like about the show, please feel free to let me know. Uh, that part that he said at the end, disagree with me, please. I think that's great. Uh, the internet is all about having disagreements. If we all agreed on everything, it wouldn't be a very interesting place. So if you guys disagree with Addict Arts, go ahead and give the show a review on iTunes and help us push back up to that five-star rating. Uh, again, thanks to Addict Arts for the review, and let's jump in on the news. Alright, so last time when I was going on about the SNES Classic, which I, I put that podcast out a day early, and the reason that I did that was because I had to go to a conference on Tuesday, so that's that's why I got that out a day early. And it just so happened to be that when I sat down to record, the uh, news for the SNES Classic dropped. So I hadn't really had very much time for more news to come out. Um, and then I posted my episode, and then we, we got kind of a trickle of information about the SNES Classic throughout the day. Uh, so I'm just going to go through some of the stuff that we missed out on last time. Uh, it's uh, There was a post on Reddit. And it says that this is in a press release put out by Nintendo. It said um, the never oh, inclusion of the never-before-released Star Fox 2 game will offer them something entirely new to enjoy if they can unlock it by proving their skill in the original Star Fox game. Well, they only have to complete the first level. We didn't want to make it too hard. So, uh, you know, I loaded up. Uh, Star Fox 1 and uh, played through the first level yesterday just messing around it really is not that hard and I'm notoriously bad at Star Fox games I don't like the way that they control for the most part but Star Fox 2 you have to play uh, the first level of Star Fox 1 first um, I have I talked to uh, my chat because I was doing a stream and they they had asked what game I was going to play first on the Super Nintendo Classic, uh, and I think that I'm going to leave it up to them. I'm gonna I'm gonna make like a poll and have people choose. So if you want to be part of that poll, just make sure that you join our Discord so that when I drop that poll, you can vote on it, and then you can pick which game I'm going to play first on the SNES Classic because I'm going to open it up, hook it up, and stream it right on right on stream. 
All right. Um, let's move on to more SNES Classic news. By the way, um, I went to GameStop the other day, and while I was there, I asked, are you going to be doing pre-orders for the Super Nintendo Classic? And the person behind the counter said, we are not allowed to do any pre-orders. Now, I asked if that was as per Nintendo or just GameStop's uh, policy, and they said, I'm sorry, I can't answer that. So I I don't know who's the one that's uh, stopping this from happening, but whoever it is, guys, you got to stop. Just let us pre-order it. Don't make us wait in line only to be disappointed that we can't get one. Uh, that would be very unfair. Now, that being said, um, apparently, I mean, we do now know that the Super Nintendo Classic will be a limited run. Uh, this comes from an interview with Reggie fils I believe. Um, oh, actually, this is just a Nintendo representative. Uh, they said that this is, th- they were talking to Kotaku, and they said that they confirmed that the company will ship significantly more Super NES Classic Editions than the notoriously limited run of the NES Classic Edition. However, the system will be on sale from the launch on September 29th until the end of 2017, and at this time, we have nothing to announce regarding any possibility of shipments beyond this year. So this is a limited run, just like the... um, the NES Classic was a limited run, but they just didn't tell anybody. Uh, the SNES Classic is also a limited run. So, I mean, Reggie fils then also talked to... Um, who did they talk to? Time Magazine. Sorry about that. And he talked to uh, Time Magazine and he said, We've got a lot going on right now. We don't have unlimited resources Our long-term efforts are focused on delivering great games for the Nintendo Switch system and continuing to build momentum for that platform, as well as serving more than 63 million owners of Nintendo 3DS family of systems. We are offering the Super Nintendo Entertainment System Super NES Classic Edition, that's too long of a name, in special recognition of the fans who show tremendous interest in our classic content. All right, so... When I when I read that, it's telling me, look, we have too many pans in the fire, and if we this is a delicate juggling act, we're spinning plates, and at any moment everything could topple down, and I really hope that we can get it done. That's what it reads like to me. In which case, I mean, I'm excited about the SNES Classic, but just stop manufacturing them. Focus on the Switch. Take that 3DS. Shelve it. Stop making 2DSs. Only go with the... Well, okay. I know that there's 63 million of them. But at this point, I feel like everybody who wanted a 3DS already has one. At least that's what it feels like to me. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But, you know, cut back on manufacturing of 3DSs. Focus all of your attention on the Switch. Get that into as many households as possible. Because that's where you're going to make the most money. Now, is Nintendo making money? on the NES Classic or Super Nintendo Classic. I'm sure that they are, but they would make way more money just selling virtual console games. And that wouldn't even be good for me because, I mean, I'm going to buy... In fact, I've already pre-ordered, we'll talk about that in a minute, the Super Nintendo Classic. Uh, It's $80, although uh, $90 because of the value-added tax because I'm importing it from um, Amazon UK. Uh, And... When we, when we, when I, 
when when you look at the cost of what you're getting, well, first off, this is something that's just HDMI right into your TV, super easy. Um, you know, that's already going to co- have a, a good cost, plus the games. So, I, I mean, if I went to a store and I bought a Super Nintendo, an actual Super Nintendo, and I bought a controller, and hopefully the Super Nintendo that I bought comes with the right wires, and then I got the a converter cable to convert that to HDMI, I would probably already be past $80. And then I would have to go out and buy 20 games and shut off my phone. Sorry about that. I would have to go out and buy 20 games. And then I'd be well over the $90 that I spend on this thing. Because some of these games are incredibly rare and very hard to find and would be very, very expensive. So when I look at this, I think, fantastic. Now, some people might say, well, you could just get it through Virtual Console. Well, yes, I can. And I probably will for my favorite games. I probably would still buy it on Virtual Console for my favorite games only because the Switch is a portable system and I want to be able to take it with me. But at the same time... This is also a cool collector's item, and it's also the only way for us to get Star Fox 2. I mean, unless Star Fox 2 comes out on the uh, virtual console for the Switch. So I think that Nintendo has made this a very desirable thing, and that's why it's going to be really, really hard to get one. However, they did say that it would be easier to get than the NES Classic. Well, I'm... I'm cautiously optimistic. Now, the reason I'm cautious, cautiously optimistic is there's a there's a tweet from Nintendo Home, which is a French Twitter account, and they tweeted that there were going to be 160,000 Super NES Minis uh, in France on launch day. That's a big deal. Like, that's a very large number. There were 80,000 NES Classics on launch day. So... That is a huge increase. Now, what? why am I only cautiously optimistic? After seeing that number, you'd think I'd be like, oh man, this is going to be easy to get. I still think it's going to be hard to get, and here's why. People have that memory of what it was like trying to find the NES Classic. So the people who stayed home last time and didn't go to the store and wait in line, they're going to go to the store this time probably. Because they don't want to go on eBay and try and pick one of these things up for hundreds of dollars. So those people who sat home last time, you're going to have some more competition with them. On top of that, this is a never-before-released Super Nintendo game, Star Fox 2. That is a huge deal. That is going to be that is going to drive a lot of people into the brick-and-mortar shops to pick these things up. Now, it would be much better if we could just do an online pre-order and have it come to my house, and I wouldn't have to go out there and stand in the chilliness, maybe rain, waiting outside, hoping that they have enough for me, only to be turned away at the last moment, like that poor uh, guy who was standing behind me at Walmart when the NES Classic came out. Like, he was the next person in line. I got the last one. I felt really bad, but I also felt really good. So, you know, we've got we've got to really consider, is it going to be easier? Nintendo says it's going to be easier, but I think Nintendo is, again, underestimating the demand of this product. I mean, when this came out, this was the t- this was on the front page of Reddit for the whole day while I was there. The whole day that I was looking at Reddit, it was constantly on the front page. It was trending on Twitter. People were talking about it on NeoGAF. It was a huge deal. 
And it's very important that Nintendo understands how badly people want these things, because if they do the same thing that they did last time, they're really going to be hurting. I almost forgot. Uh, Nintendo actually talked to uh, Kotaku, and they had discussed the length of the cord. Uh, Jason, Jason, Jason Schreier, Schreier, Schreier. I don't know how to say your name, man. I'm sorry. Uh, he's the news editor at Kotaku, and he says that Nintendo had uh, informed him that the, uh, end quote, Nintendo tells me the S, the S, oh my God, I cannot talk today. Nintendo tells me the SNES Classic Controller cable is five feet. NES Classic Controller was three feet. Uh, five feet is pretty good. I mean, it's not great, but it's pretty good. I'm going to be perfectly, honestly, even though I kind of railed against the NES Classic for having a three-foot cord, it was kind of perfect for me because I was playing it at my desk. I know that I'm not like the test case that people should... Most people aren't going to be playing at their desk. Most people are going to be playing this at a TV, and three feet is way too short. Is five feet long enough? I'm not sure. It depends on how big your living room is and how big your TV is. Uh, I'm sure that they, I, and the, I think they're still using the same cables. In fact, I think it said that on the official site that they're using the same uh, connectors. So maybe, or not maybe, I'm sure that the extension cables that you can that people bought for the first one will work on the second one. It's funny. I was uh, listening to another podcast, uh, Nintendo Powercast, and N64 Josh. Uh, had made, or, or actually it might have been Destinot, who is the other co-host. One of them, I can't remember which, he said, you know, I think I have an idea where or why the cables on the uh, controllers for the NES Classic were so short. And it kind of blew my mind when he said this. He said, I wonder if Nintendo had a bunch of, um, oh my God, my brain stopped working, uh, nunchuck wires left over from the Wii and they just said well we got all these we could just use these like I didn't I haven't uh, checked to see how long they were comparatively although weren't they white because if they're white then that doesn't make sense now I can't remember anyway I just thought it was an interesting idea that, that that's that might be the reason why all right so that's it for SNES uh, information let's jump into a review not a review an interview with Miyamoto. It's 16-bit, and it's yours only if you get new Super Nintendo. Now you're playing with power, super power. IGN sat down with Shigeru Miyamoto and talked about Mario for a little bit. And, uh, you know, if you want to read the whole interview, I'm obviously not going to read the whole thing. I'm I'm not great at reading out loud. Reference the previous segment. That was really bad. Um, he said something very interesting, and that's what I want to talk about. And again... It's a very interesting interview, so you definitely want to check out the whole thing. Uh, just check out the link in the show notes. But um, people are always asking, can we get a remake of Super Mario Sunshine or a remake of Mario 64? And uh, Miyamoto said, even with new technology, I, I don't really feel like I want to remake any of them. It's more natural to always create new mechanics and new games. He also said... Uh, where did it go? He said, fundamentally, I think that it's ideal if we can get old characters to do new things. When there's a new game mechanic introduced and it's a new character that really, really fits well, I think it's great. But I do have a little bit of, a bit of hesitancy and resistance 
when someone's trying to overbearingly bring their thoughts in and trying to create new characters over and over again. So he tends to like using the same characters. I mean, people are always levying at at uh, Nintendo, stop using the same IP all the time, and then they do things like Splatoon and ARMS, and then they're like, where's Mario? How come he's not in there? Um, but I think that I think that Miyamoto looks at it and he sees... he. I thought I muted my phone. Sorry about that. Um, oh, it is muted. Well, I don't know why it makes sounds now. That's weird. Um, he sees these characters he as uh, just a vehicle to for game mechanics and with these game mechanics bringing new game mechanics to an old character really breathes new life into that character and not only that but it also strengthens the brand overall so i i kind of get what he's saying when when he says that it's it's not really in his wheelhouse to uh ditch something or to, I'm sorry, not ditch something, but remake something. Because he already did that once. And Miyamoto strikes me as a guy who is all about fun. And I don't think that he would find it fun to go back and do something that he's already done once. That's like asking um, Da Vinci to repaint one of his paintings after he finished it. You know, he finished it. He was all done with it. He liked it a lot. Everybody says it's amazing. And then uh, everybody's like, can you can you repaint that in like a watercolor? You know, that's kind of weird. And I think that he makes a really good point as to why remaking games isn't really the way that we should go. It is an easy way to make some money. You know, I don't deny that. And we could just have somebody else do it. He could just, not he, I mean Nintendo, could just hire a small team to remake um, the game because... The hard work, the design, has already been done. Getting the levels exactly right. You know, all of that stuff has already been done. So while I understand that Miyamoto doesn't want to remake his games, that doesn't mean that they wouldn't make money for Nintendo, and it doesn't mean that they wouldn't sell well, and it doesn't mean that we don't want them. Because as somebody who really enjoyed Super Mario Sunshine... I would love to have a version on the Switch. Now, they would, of course, have to figure out, because there's no analog triggers on the Switch, what to do there. And so that would be really the only big obstacle to remaking Super Mario Sunshine. Now, I don't think that I mean, don't think that I mean like a reimagining of the game. I mean just a port. Um, and even if it were just a port, I don't think that would be in Miyamoto's wheelhouse anyway. He's more about, he's more of the big idea guy. He's the guy that comes up with new stuff. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thursday, June 30th, the first DLC pack for Breath of the Wild comes out. I have now ordered it this morning. Uh, I don't know why I waited. I just felt like I needed to wait. Um, but... I'm really excited for it. I'm going to be streaming it tomorrow. Uh, so make sure that you stop by twitch.tv slash run, jump, stomp. Uh, should be relatively early. It might be like 10 or 11 a.m. Uh, Eastern Daylight Time. However, I am I currently have a contractor working on building my podcast studio upstairs. And... If there's too much racket, I won't be able to stream, so I, I may have to wait until he's done. Um, just make sure that you head on over to twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp. Hit that follow button so that you can uh, 
you can watch me fail over and over again on hard mode. I'm really excited to start this game over again. I did not expect to want to play it again this soon. Now, I already have beat uh, Breath of the Wild, but I didn't see everything. Uh, I did not collect all of the Korok seeds. I did not get all of the shrines. And that is very, very exciting to me because that means I get to jump back into this world, this amazingly, wonderfully crafted world, and I get to play it again. And there's going to be stuff that I've never seen before. And on top of that, I get to experience combat a little bit differently because the monsters are going to be upgraded. Anyway, so make sure that you check that out. I'm going to be having a blast with that game. Uh, and by the way, email me and let me know, uh, are you picking up the DLC for Zelda or are you going to be waiting until we find out more about what's happening in the winter DLC? Um, related On a related note, the DLC has very different um, storage capacities or storage requirements for uh, the Switch and the Wii U. On the Switch, it, it only takes up 456 megabytes. On the Wii U, the DLC is 3.7 gigabytes. That is really, really crazy. I'm not sure why that is happening. It might have something to do with um, textures that were put into... You know, that wouldn't even make sense either, because you'd think they would have the textures in both. And the... Uh, the uh, the Wii U version even had to do like a three gigabyte update before you could start playing the first day. Uh, so I wonder if it just has something to do with storage being um, a little more compressed on the Switch. Maybe they have uh, a different file system that allows them to compress stuff. Uh, and maybe that's why they're having trouble giving us um, more uh, data portability between the switch. So like if I drop my switch, getting the data off of my switch and onto another switch right now, there's no way to do that. You can't just transfer through an SD card. Um, but uh, there was an article that I saw on NeoGAF that said that this, that in the, um, the documents that go along with the dev kits for the switch that uh, cloud saves are mentioned. So that doesn't mean that we're definitely getting them. It's just maybe it's something that they're working on and having trouble with. Um, I'm very excited for the Zelda DLC, as you can see, or as you can hear, I suppose. Uh, if you didn't remember what it has, first off, it's got a more difficult master mode. Uh, it uses its own save slot, so you're not going to have to worry about deleting your old save. Um, it also has a bunch of new costumes like Tingle armor or uh, Twilight uh, armor. And it, it also has this cool medallion that you can like put down at a point on the map and then you can go on, go on upon your adventure and then you can use it again and it'll take you back to that spot. Uh, it also has this thing called Trial of the Sword. Uh, it's got like 45 room challenge that once, once you finish it uh, really upgrades one of your weapons. Uh, and then, of course, if you buy the first DLC, you also get the second DLC because you can't buy them separately. And honestly, it's 20 bucks. I think it's probably a good deal. Um, but the other DLC that comes along with it is uh, the Champion's Ballad Pack, which we'll get later on this year. We don't know much about it. Um, they did show off that they have uh, Amiibos for Daruk, Rivali, Mifa, and Urbosa, and it's you know, it's called the Champion's Ballad, so it's probably something to do 
with those four characters. Uh, so anyway, that's something to look forward to, and uh, hopefully I'll see you tomorrow on Twitch. All right, the last story for today is Patch Notes, which I told you last episode I wasn't going to be doing Patch Notes every episode, but I guess I'm doing Patch Notes this episode. Uh, But it's Patch Notes for Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Uh, It's been updated. Uh, They added Pikmin-themed Amiibo to unlock a Pikmin suit for the Mii Driver. That's awesome. Uh, That's not something that I expected them to be doing. A little quality of life uh, thing that they added in is that race rules and course name are now displayed on the loading screen. You know, when I read that, I was like, all right, whatever. And then when I uh, actually tried it out, I was like, oh, okay, well, that's awesome. I really like that because now you know what's going on uh, when the the screen is loading. Um, This was really big. I'm often one of the players who are behind in an online match. Uh, because the people who play online are way better than I am. No big surprise. I'm not the best. Uh, but anyway, uh, when you're behind, you will receive items geared toward catching you up more frequently. And sure enough, I was in eighth place and I kept getting golden mushrooms and triple mushrooms. Um, I never got a bullet bill though, but that, you know, that's, there's RNG to it. Um, no more than two piranha plants will be granted at the same time. Uh, Okay. I don't know. Wait, how can you get more than two? Oh, no, in the whole race. Okay. So if you're in a race with 12 people, only two people can ever have the piranha plant at the same time. That's interesting. I didn't realize that. Um, Controls are no longer unresponsive when the timer runs out when choosing a me racing suit for online matches. I never ran into that because I usually pick one and stick with it all the time. It says when a player uses an item... Right after the Super Horn in online matches, that item will now remain available for other players. When a, Okay, so let me look at this. When a player uses an item right after the Super Horn, what do they mean? Isn't the Super Horn the thing that, like, breaks stuff? I'm very confused about what that particular patch note means. If you guys could let me know, that would be awesome. Um... Item wheel no longer spins continuously in online matches. I was hoping to get one of these so I could see what it means. One of my big issues, and when I think they say the item wheel, I think they're talking about when you pick up the thing that's eight, and then you have all eight items spinning around you, and then you fire them off. Well, I'm trying to see where I'm driving, and I don't really have a, a, an opportunity to look down and see where, which item is in front of me for me to release. I really like the idea of it just loading them all up and having them, uh, having it frozen in front of me so that like, oh, okay, I can see that the banana peels there now. I can drop that behind me. And then the green turtle shells up uh, in, next and I can send that one off in front of me. Those of you who are awesome at the game probably have no idea what I'm talking about because you never get this item. Um, online matches now end as intended 30 seconds after the first place racer finishes. This really surprises me. I did not know that that's how it was supposed to work because, like, I've been in matches where the person in first place is so far ahead of everybody else that 30 seconds is not enough time. So I find that very, very interesting. Uh, The boomerang has been fixed, so now it returns back to the first slot after the player catches it instead of the second slot. Uh, That was very confusing when I first saw it. A lot of people are actually disappointed by that. Um, it used to be that you could throw the boomerang out, use the second item and then catch the boomerang. Um, items shown in the player's item slot now display correctly when holding an item behind them. 
Uh, no longer possible to use an item after it has been used to block an attack. I didn't know that you could do that. And communications errors no longer occur frequently when spectating or after spectating online matches. So what do you guys think of 1.2 for Mario Kart? Are you excited? Do you not care? Are you past that game? Are you playing something else now? We've got Splatoon coming up in a few weeks. I bet you there's still people that are going to be playing Mario Kart like crazy. All right, that's all we have time for today. If there's a story I missed, please let me know. You can let me know by emailing me, runjumpstomp at gmail.com. You can give us a phone call, 260-RUN-JUMP. That's 260-786-5867. You can join our Discord and drop stories into the uh, podcast stories channel, or you can just have a conversation with us. That's at runjumpstomp.com slash Discord. Of course, stop by the live stream uh, sometime, twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp. And if you're looking for ways to support the show, you can do so free, just like Addict Arts did, and give us a review on iTunes. Uh, you can also use my Amazon affiliate link at no extra cost to you. That directly supports the stream. You can also uh, join the Patreon, uh, and you can. This just this just happened yesterday. I got my sub um, subscription uh, button on Twitch. So now if you're looking for another way to support the stream, you can subscribe right on Twitch and uh, that directly supports the stream. If you're looking for any of these links that I just was talking about, go to runjumpstomp.com slash support that has the Patreon, the Amazon, the Etsy, and all those other links there. And anyway, thank you guys for listening. I will see you next time. Make sure you stay tuned for uh, the acoustic version of Legend of Zelda's Gerudo Valley by Tom Winter. Thanks, Tom, for letting me play this on the show. It is one of my favorite Zelda tunes, and you absolutely nailed it. Make sure to check out the link in the show notes so that you can pick up some of Tom's music or at least subscribe to his YouTube channel.